Offensive tackle is clearly the most popular pick for the Chicago Bears in mock drafts right now. But it's the defensive line that remains the biggest need entering the NFL draft. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And be sure to, to subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we look at the Bears' needs heading into draft day and how the Bears need to fill certain positions in the NFL draft and why the defensive line is the biggest need and therefore should be the biggest priority. That doesn't mean you have to draft one with the ninth overall pick, but should be a bigger focus even than offensive line. We'll look at specifically where and why the need is stronger on the defensive line with the edge rusher position and the interior defensive line positions compared to the offensive line, which has some need and has some holes there. It's not about one not being a need. It's about which one is a little bit larger. And when I look at this Bears depth chart as it stands right now, where Ryan Poles has come out and said, yeah, basically, Free agency has reached the point where we're not going to find massive talent upgrades. It doesn't mean they're not going to sign anybody else between now and draft day, but they they talk about free agency now at the NFL owners meetings this week that they're not going to find starters in free agency. They're not right now. They're not going to find, you know, big time week one guaranteed playmakers anymore. There might be guys after the draft that they circle back around to sign, but he's saying basically the good players are going to wait till after the draft. The players we could sign now and may still sign now will be more like backups and rotational pieces. So that leaves the NFL draft as their main tool to fill needs on this roster. And so, okay, where are the biggest needs then? And for me, it's got to be the defensive line. And we'll talk more specifically about offensive line and right tackle. And I understand why certainly in the mock drafts, right? It's usually an offensive tackle with the ninth overall pick. Any position that's closer to Justin Fields in terms of proximity, I think will always be one that gets a slight priority. But if you look at the edge rusher group for the Bears right now, it's Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson. They signed Demarcus Walker from the Tennessee Titans who has played some edge before and was listed on many like free agent ranking sites as an edge rusher. But we saw in Tennessee, he played the three technique interior defensive tackle spot. And the Bears have more or less, not not like only said he's only going to play there, but if, the, the idea is that he is more of an interior player for them than an, uh, he's not going to be an every down defensive end. He's going to be more so a defensive tackle who you can play at the exterior, you know, outside spots there if you need him to. But that doesn't sound like it's going to be his full-time home with the Bears. He is versatile and that's valuable. But like you're looking at Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson as your two starting defensive ends as it stands right now. That is not expected to be 
how it stands entering training camp or week one, but the draft is kind of the big place to upgrade that. And I think as you look at the talent on the roster right now, that's got to be the big need, especially when you combine it with the interior, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. Dominique Robinson had some flashes this past season as a fifth round rookie who's just learning how to play defensive end, but he's nowhere close to ready to start. I think that's a pretty universal opinion. Like we, we like Dominic Robinson. We think there's a lot of potential there and, and growth and, and reasons to be optimistic about his future. But right now, he's not a starting caliber defensive end in the NFL. He would be very valuable as a rotational piece in there and can, can provide some value there. But in order for that to be the case, needs to have starting players ahead of him. I also don't think right now, Travis Gibson... Is he a starting caliber defensive end? Uh, I mean, it depends how you want to define starting caliber. You know, like, for example, last season, he was not the week one starter at defensive end. He did not become a starter until Robert Quinn was traded. They brought in Al-Qadim Muhammad. We saw how terrible Al-Qadim Muhammad was for a lot of the season, and they still started him over Travis Gibson up until Robert Quinn was traded, and then Gibson was put into the starting lineup. And in the starting lineup, I didn't think he was that good. It wasn't terrible by any means. This is not a trashing Travis Gibson segment by any means. Like he's, there's still upside there. There's still value. I mean, the kid's 25 years old and he's played maybe just over a thousand snaps in his NFL career. Like he is not the full Travis Gibson of what he's going to be, you know, in his absolute peak in the NFL. He's still going to get better. But to me, last season, he played like, Maybe How about this? He played like the worst starting defensive end, which is like not terrible. He still played like a starting defensive end, but like the worst starting defensive end. So like not quite starting caliber, but not terrible either. A guy who would be a great option as your number three defensive end who plays a lot and rotates in a lot. And that's, that's kind of how he started the season last year was he was a number three behind Al-Qadim Muhammad and Robert Quinn. Ideally, you have defensive ends who are better than Al-Qadim Muhammad and maybe even Robert Quinn to make him more of a three as opposed to a true like functional like splitting the starting role with Al-Qadim Muhammad for a lot of that time last season. But regardless, like he's not so good that he's a starter. Like, can you get away with it? I mean, you're struggling a little bit. If you are, you're not, it's not the end of the world if he's a starter, but really you should have two better starters than Travis Gibson. If you want your defensive line to be taken seriously or to be anything close to a potential strength and not a massive weakness on this team. So that means maybe drafting two defensive ends in this draft. Maybe you take one in the first round or maybe you take one in the second and one in the fourth, you know, getting a couple of different options in there to give them some more depth and maybe sign a free agent also at some point too, still out there and available just to give you some extra bodies, some extra experience, some extra depth at that position. So you don't have to rely on either Gibson or Robinson to play a starter's share of the reps. And then you can have them compete and see ultimately how the playing time is going to play out from there. I also think you need to draft at least one defensive tackle, an interior defensive lineman. And I think in an ideal world, you draft two of those two in addition to potentially two edge rushers. So we'll look at then we'll, we'll assess the need on the interior of the defensive line position and then kind of compare the size of this need compared to the size of offensive line and some of the other needs on this Bears roster next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the world's best tasting 
protein bars. And right now we're trying to figure out which built bar is the best tasting built bar with their built March madness bracket. You get to vote on your favorite flavors and see who is the built, or I guess, which is they're not people, which is the ultimate flavor. The bracket is advanced to the second round of voting. Right now we've got matchups between peanut butter brownie and cookie dough chunk, coconut puff versus salted caramel, cookies and cream versus mint brownie, and double chocolate versus brownie batter puff. I've tried every single one of those flavors as I glance through them. Yes, I've had every single one of those flavors. They are all incredible. And like every flavor of Built Bar, soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% real chocolate, but low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. You really got to try them for yourself and then vote because every time you vote, you're entered in for a chance to win a free box of Built Bars. 50 Locked On listeners will get a free box and one very lucky Locked On listener will get a 12-month subscription free to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So check out BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day. So hop in and support your pick. Edge rusher is need number one for me on this Bears roster. And so then collectively, defensive line is need number two, or I guess is need number one, collect over the offensive line, right? I, I would say when you start to add the interior defensive line there, right tackle is a bigger need than defensive tackle, yes. But when you combine edge and interior defensive line as, as a position group versus the offensive line needs of right tackle and maybe center, the defensive line needs to me stand out as as bigger, especially because I think you could take one or even I say ideally two defensive tackles in this draft. Give me a three technique pass rusher and give me a nose tackle. Those do not both need to be top 64 draft picks. I, I don't think you should take two defensive tackles with the Bears first four picks, which are all in the top 64. But I would definitely take one. I would take one in that range if the right one is on the board and I would take a second one on day three of the draft, because you look right now at the Bears defensive line, you feel like the interior, the defensive tackle position, I definitely feel better about that spot. It feels like a spot that's not, I mean, it's, it's still incomplete, but there's more pieces there. You've got Justin Jones back from last year as, as a three technique. We already mentioned they signed Demarcus Walker and he's likely to play a lot of three techniques. So like those two will be your primary rotation at that position. And then they signed Andrew Billings as a free agent nose tackle, who I think is, is pretty good and pretty reliable to a one-year deal there next to them. Those guys are, you know, th that starts to look like an NFL defensive line, right? Uh, interior defensive line. You got a couple of couple of pass rushers that maybe you, you feel okay about and a nose tackle that you feel okay about. But you got to do better than that. And also, none of those guys to me are, are locked in as long-term pieces. And that's the other side of the draft that because we're talking so much about need for the bears, we think a lot about, okay, what do they need to plug in this year? But you have to, you also have to think about what do they need next year and the following years for the next five years, where do they have pieces that are long-term and where do they have pieces that are short-term? And even the brand new free agent signing Demarcus Walker to me is a little bit more of a, of a short-term piece. Yes. He's what, 28 years old, so he's not old by any means, and he signed a three-year, $21 million contract. The Bears are not signed, did not sign him, I think, intending for him to only be a short-term piece. They would like him to be a long-term piece, but my point here is that the contract, while it does have a significant amount of guaranteed money, is flexible enough that they're, they're protected if things don't work out. Again, I, I'm not here to, like, I don't want to, like, trash or, or 
poo-poo on and, or cast doubt on or just, you know, be the negative Nancy about a free agent signing. But, you know, you look at Demarcus Walker. This last season in Tennessee, career best seven sacks. Okay, if you can get that in Chicago for the next three years, great. Worth every penny of that $21 million. The rest of his career, he had one sack, one sack, four sacks, four and a half sacks, and two sacks. And then it jumped up to seven this last year, which is great. But do we know that we're going to get the seven sack guy this year? Or could we get the four, four and a half sack guy this year? He, this year was his first season ever playing a full 17 games. Maybe it's just an injury thing. And not even that, is he good enough to get seven sacks? But can he stay healthy enough to get seven sacks? My point being, you could see a scenario where, as with every free agent, maybe it doesn't pan out. Maybe he isn't as good as they thought he would be. And maybe I think there's just some risk there, right? With any free agent, there's risk. You don't know exactly what you're going to get and how how reliable and what production you're going to get. And there's a chance maybe it doesn't work out. And Demarcus Walker's contract, as it stands right now, has 15 million fully guaranteed, or full, has 15 million guaranteed, but only 10 million guaranteed at signing. So he's for sure locked in this season. But another $5 million of his contract doesn't become guaranteed until next March, the third day of the league year of 2024. And so they could cut him before that date and save $4 million on the salary cap space after one year of his contract, right? It's a three-year deal with a lot of guaranteed money, but really the Bears can cut him after one year if they want, and it's really easy to cut him after two years. So it's really like one year at a time for the Bears. If Walker plays well, of course, they'll keep him. It'll be a good price. You're happy with him. If he doesn't play well, the Bears could easily cut him after one season and only have about $4 million of dead cap space as a result. So he's not here. He's not guaranteed to be here more than one season. You hope he is, but not guaranteed to be here more than one season. Justin Jones will be a free agent next year. And I didn't think he was that great this past season. Maybe in a reduced role this year, he can do more, but didn't look to me like a guy that's going to be a long-term piece in Chicago. And then Andrew Billings is a one-year deal on a nose tackle. So there's a, there's a pathway here or the possibility that all three of those guys if the Bears wanted to, could be gone after this next season. And that, so to me, there's a real need there to draft defensive line, defensive tackles, get guys that can be long-term pieces. And also just because I don't think Justin Jones is, is, is great. I have questions about Walker and Billings is good, but you know, nose tackle, like let's get, let's get another one. Let's get some more upside there. He's, he's kind of a journeyman guy who can fill in there and you can feel good about, but not absolutely be in love with. So Go get me one of those, one defensive lineman, one defensive tackle for sure to go with hopefully two defensive ends. And maybe in the later rounds of the draft, you can grab another defensive lineman. Give me four rookie defensive linemen out of this draft. The same way that the Bears addressed offensive line last year with, yeah, three of them were later round picks. But if I can get four defensive line, the same way the Bears got four offensive linemen last year, I would feel a lot better about this Bears defensive line. I feel like, okay, you're getting close to a competency group, a competent group there that you feel like you can get by with this upcoming season and hopefully continue to grow and develop with all those young guys getting better throughout their NFL careers. I don't want that to distract from the very real need in the offensive line. And I'm certainly here. I, I, I certainly am open to the argument that right tackle might be a bigger need than edge rusher. I, I but I'm not, I'm not totally sold and we'll kind of go, we'll kind of compare, right? why I think defensive line is a bigger need than offensive line by looking more closely at the offensive line next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. So if your first bet doesn't win, 
They'll give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim that no sweat first bet. Then you can go wager on all sorts of things, money lines, point spreads. You can bet right now on what position the Chicago Bears will draft with their first round pick. Right now, the betting favorite is offensive line followed by defensive line. But if you got a, if you got a, a hunch, you got a neck, go check it out and place your bets with FanDuel. Their app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. There's no question right tackle is a big need on this Bears roster and something that they need to address with one of their first four draft picks. It doesn't have to be nine, but before the before you get to the fourth round, right? They have th- four picks in the top 64. Right tackle needs to be one of them. But the Bears do have some sorts of options at right tackle that worst case scenario, if somehow, some way you get through this draft and don't take a right tackle, I, I would prefer that to getting through this draft and not drafting an edge rusher. Because, okay, if you don't draft a right tackle, A, there's the possibility that Tevin Jenkins ends up there and gets back to the position they, the Bears originally had drafted him at. Not, not this GM, but still the position he played in college. Like, there's a certain level of trust with Tevin Jenkins. It's not ideal, but there's a certain level of, okay, you're not panicking if Tevin Jenkins is your week one starting right tackle. It's maybe not what you want, but you're not panicking there. You do also have Larry Borum and Alex Leatherwood, both who have started games at right tackle in the NFL, but you don't love and you you wouldn't you don't want that to be your plan A. But if they have to go into a game, are you totally panicking? No, but it's probably not gonna be pretty. So like you have something you can count on a little bit at right tackle. But again, a defensive end, like if you're going into the season with Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson as your starters, you have the worst defensive ends in the NFL. If you go into week one with Tevin Jenkins as your, as your starting right tackle, I don't know that you have the worst right tackle in the NFL. You might be towards the bottom of that list, maybe even bottom three, but you don't have the worst. And that, that's where I come back to a little bit with, with that spot. Like, and, and plus just like broader, broadening out like offensive versus defensive line. I would like for the Bears to draft a center. I think it would be a good idea for the Chicago Bears to take a center, maybe as early as the second round or third round. That position is fine for this year. Long-term, like we talked about the defensive line, like long-term, we don't know how many more years of Cody Whitehair there's going to be, and Lucas Patrick is a, will be a free agent after next season. You'd like to have a, a young person developing that you like more than Sam Mustafa in that spot. But this year, right, the projected offensive line right now is Tevin Jenkins at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Nate Davis at right guard, with Lucas Patrick as your backup center who can also play a backup guard. Like, that's... I think that's the goal right now. And so you don't need to draft a center who has to start week one. You do need to draft a center or a right tackle who needs who has to start week one. You do have to draft an edge rusher who has to two edge rushers maybe that have to start week one and maybe a defensive tackle who could start week one as well. But like center is a need and you should address it in the draft, but it's not a pressing need. Maybe you can make a similar argument for defensive tackle and say, okay, well, isn't that similar to defensive tackle? Probably but I come back to two edge rushers versus one right tackle, and then maybe two defensive tackles versus one center. That's that's ultimately why I feel like defensive line is is the significantly not significantly because they're they're still both really big needs. 
But if I if I had to pick one position that all other things equal, I could draft a great edge rusher or a great offensive tackle in the first round if, if the prospects were truly equal, which they're not. The offensive tackles there are better than the edge rushers. But if they were truly equal, I would lean edge rusher. Like if you thought Tyree Wilson from Texas A&M, who probably won't be there, but if, if he's there and Paris Johnson are there and you feel like they're both really good, I'm taking the edge rusher there. I just, I, you'd need, if, if it comes down, if, if the talent is equal and it comes down to need, edge rusher is a slightly higher spot for me. Like, you know, cornerback is also one of those spots that like, We'd really like to draft one. We'd love to upgrade from Kendall Vildor as that number three cornerback. You like some of the other young guys they have. Josh Blackwell played well last season. Jalen Jones held up pretty well for a guy that was really thrown into the mix. Like there's some upside there, but let's do better at cornerback. Let's get another draft pick in there who can maybe even start, maybe even in the second or third round, but certainly, you know, fourth, fifth round type options. I would be all on board with there as well. Like there are other needs on this roster, but nothing compares to offensive and defensive line. And I think defensive line is just slightly above it. That is the the other thing that kind of stood out about this process for me, though, is like, yes, defensive line and offensive line are huge needs. And we're not going to, we certainly aren't sugarcoating that or ignoring that. We're doing a whole podcast about it right now. But then outside of like, you add cornerback as another, another position I would say like would be a need that you'd like to address in the draft. After, after those, there's not much else that you feel like, man, they really, really got to use a pick at that position. Like wide receiver, yeah, it'd be nice to draft one, but if you go into the season with more Claypool, Mooney, and Valus Jones and Equinemius St. Brown, like you don't need to, you don't, you don't have to draft a wide receiver. You're not going to be devastated if they don't. You want one, but you don't have to. Don't really need to draft a guard because you just signed, you know, Nate Davis and you got Tevin Jenkins. I mean, you could draft one, certainly, but you don't need to. I want them to draft a tight end, and we were gonna we're gonna do a podcast on the tight ends here soon. But you got Colt Komet and, and Robert Tanyan. You're you're okay at tight end. Don't need to draft a quarterback. Don't need to draft a running back. Be nice. I think they should. But if they don't, they're okay at running back, right? There's a lot of other these positions. Linebacker too. Safety. Like the only three positions that I really feel like they need to draft are well, offensive line, defensive line, which is four positions, and then cornerback. Everything else, if you don't end up getting one, not the end of the world. You'd like to get them, but it's a you get to luxuries from that point on. So I do feel I do feel like. The needs are concentrated, right? It's not like you're looking all over the roster and saying, man, they really got to get a, a young safety. They really got to get a young cornerback. They really got to get a young tight end. They really got to get a young wide receiver, like six, seven positions that, man, they really got to make sure they get young guys at all these spots. It's like, it'd be nice to have young guys at all those spots. And they should try to get young guys at as many spots as they can with good draft picks. But like they can, they really can, if they need to focus on offensive line, defensive line, maybe cornerback. And, and I think that's a good position. I mean, it's not, it's not a great position to be in. You don't want to have to have any needs, but it's nice that the needs are a little bit more concentrated and not feeling like, oh, there's 15 holes you got to fill all across the roster. You know, it's like, okay, concentrate on the O and D lines, and then you can feel like you're playing with luxury from that point on. So that's where I think these needs start to shake out for the Bears in this draft. We'd love to hear what you think. If you feel strongly that offensive line is the bigger need than defensive line, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I'd love to hear about it. Let us know in the comment section on the YouTube video for this podcast, or you can tweet us at Lockdown Bears, post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well to keep the conversation going. Whatever you do, just thank you for listening to Lockdown Bears. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. Make sure you're subscribed to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll keep you up to date on any and all new things out of Hallis Hall free agent moves, draft moves, you name it, on Monday, unless we get some kind of Bears news over the weekend that is worth bumping it, on Monday, I want to put together our big board 
for the ninth overall pick. Essentially ranking, okay, only eight players can come off the board before the Bears pick. So that means you only need to rank nine guys because you're guaranteed one of the top nine players in this draft. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to put all the players together and make our board. Rank the offensive tackles against the defensive tackles, against the cornerbacks, against the wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera, and go, here's our power rankings for who we want the Bears to pick at nine. And who's ever left on the board, we're taking the top guy on the list of who's ever left. That's what we're going to try and do for Monday's podcast. So make sure you tune back into that. Make Lockdown Bears your first listen again on Monday. And of course, you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.